In this episode, we discuss nine ways in which you are listening. My name is Justin Sinceri. And I am Mercedes Corona. We are licensed marriage and family therapists and your fellow trauma nerds, helping you understand and apply the science of connection to daily life. Welcome to episode 31 of the Polyvagal Podcast. For the Polyvagal super fans out there, we've got announcements, we've got homework assignments for you after the main topic, and we're going to read a message we got from one of your fellow superfans. But before we get into the main topic, put yourself first. We keep every episode as safe as we can, but just by the nature of the topics, you may experience some stuff come up. Take a break if you need to, and we will be right here when you're ready to come back. So last time we mentioned how listening ties in with the polyvagal theory. Listening involves many cues of safety like eye crinkles and smiles and head tilts. These all come from a safe nervous system, but we're going to go into more depth, just like last time, into more depth about the art of listening. And by the way, these, oh, we never mentioned this. These all come from that coworker, that super fan coworker of ours that we've mentioned a few times now. She has this framed thing where all these came from. These are exactly what they say. And I, I saw it. I'm like, oh, we have to talk about this in the podcast. And she let me do that. Nine ways that you are listening. Number one, you are listening to me when you really try to understand me, even if I'm not making much sense. The ways that you really try to understand are, you can show that by asking clarifying questions when you need clarification. Ask clarifying questions um, kind of about their experience or just, you know, I want to make sure I understand this. this. Is this what happened? Or is this how you felt kind of thing, right? So attempting to identify feelings or by asking like about feelings, just asking clarification, like, or that, you know, it might be something like the other girl wore the same sweater as you. Well, let me make sure I understand this correctly. You were just walking to school feeling all happy. And then you saw her wearing the same sweater and then you felt like really upset. You'll really try to understand me, even if I'm not making sense with clarifying questions, uh, attempt to identify feelings that could help. Um, You'll attempt to understand the problem if that's what's being expressed. So we listen for problems, but problem might not be what they're expressing. They may be expressing just the feeling or the experience. But it is okay to understand the problem more if they're saying, hey, I have a problem and I need some help. That's a pretty clear indication that the problem solving needs to be done. And let's ask some clarifying questions if, if needed, right? You can also show the person that you are really trying to understand even if they're not making sense, by withholding your judgments, or if you have them, let it go and really focus on your compassion for the person that you're listening to because compassion and judgment, they don't really go hand in hand, right? So focus on the fact that you really care about this person and you really do want to understand them better without judgment. This is, um, I have something to say, and this is going to be a theme for me throughout this episode. This point, as far as withholding your own judgments of the person in the situation, if if you're trying to understand someone, you're listening to them, you're trying to understand someone and they're not making much sense, it doesn't matter. And what I mean is to meet your own needs, you'll try and make sense of the information. But if you're trying to meet the other person's needs, so Justin, if I'm listening to you and I'm trying to be a good listener and what you're saying doesn't make sense to me, but what I'm trying to convey is listening and support, it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense to me. All that matters is that it makes sense to you and that I'm here for you to support you. Ultimately, I think that you're right. And even if it doesn't make sense to us in that moment, after the person has expressed themselves, 
it might make sense. But, you know, like when you first start trying to explain something, especially if you're frantic or upset or angry or anxious, it might not come out in a very clear, cohesive, chronological point A to point Z order. Therefore, really listening and giving those safety cues will help the person explain themselves, ask clarification questions when you're when you actually don't understand something. And it will make sense eventually. Don't get caught up in the idea that it doesn't make sense to you right now. But if it doesn't make sense, it's okay to say, hey, I'm not getting something. Can you help me understand, right? Like that's just yeah. clarification. But that's not, that's without judgment. That's left You don't need to get hung up on it making sense to you if it makes sense to that person. Yeah. The idea is to listen. The second way that you're listening to me is when you grasp my point of view, even when it's against your own sincere convictions. That means that you're open to new ideas and that you're attempting to find common ground between you and the person that you're listening to. This also means that you're not threatened by ideas that contradict your own and that you don't take it personally. I think it's really important when it comes to listening is that it might not be a personal thing. You know what I mean? Like it just, they just might need someone to listen to them without making it about you and whatever whatever stuff you have going on see and again this is my theme throughout the episode is if you are trying to be there for another person and be a good listener and a supportive listener it doesn't matter that the person's ideas contradict your own it matters that you are there for them and so you are putting your needs excuse me you are putting their needs before your own needs Number three, you are listening to me when you realize the hour I took from you has left you a bit tired and a bit drained. I think that listening can be a marathon because really we're feeling along with, if we're listening well, we're feeling what they're feeling on some level. Listening to someone for an hour or even not even a whole hour, but if you're listening to someone and it's like an intense situation or a lot of feeling or emotion, you're going to feel all that stuff with them in, in your own way. It might even bring up your own stuff you know, that, that come up as well. So it, might, it could feel like a marathon. Like You could feel pretty worn out if you're listening and like really feeling it with them. We're experiencing, like we're, it's not just words that we're hearing, but it's also the emotion of the person who's speaking. This is like, it's just empathy, being able to feel what they feel. And empathy can be kind of draining. Exactly. I think if, if you're tired... If you're tired after you've been listening, then you did a good job of really listening. You were really present with that person. But this is a lot different than listening to someone who's like emotionally attacking you or, you know, verbally attacking you, calling you names, um, blaming, shaming, judging you or whatever thing they're doing. That's different. Like, yeah, you're going to feel pretty drained from that, but that's different. You're going to feel pretty beat up, emotionally beat up. That's different. That's when you don't go into listening mode, but you go into zing, ching, Wonder Woman mode. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm deflecting things with my Wonder Woman bracelets for people that Is that a callback to the Deb Dana interview? No, but it should be. Oh, it okay. could be. Number four, you are listening to me when you allow me the dignity of making my own decisions, even though you think they may be wrong. So first off, you know how I get stuck on words. Yes. You allow me the dignity. That stuck with me. So dignity is the... Sta- I, had to, I had to look this up to make sure I knew what I was talking about. 
Dignity is the state or quality of being worthy of honor or respect or a sense of pride in oneself, such as like, it's like self-respect, basically, right? All right, so uh, I had to make sure I knew what I was talking about there. A, a listener does not allow dignity. They don't allow it. We don't have control over that. They just honor the fact that the person who's speaking has dignity. They recognize that person's dignity. So it's not about the listener allowing dignity. You're saying there's no permission to be given. The The listener doesn't have the authority yeah. to give permission to allow this. Well, if you're saying that you're allowing dignity, you're also saying that you're allowing them to have honor or respect or self-respect or pride in themselves. And that's out of anybody else's control. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so the so the listener doesn't have the authority to allow anything because allowing right, yeah. implies permission, which implies authority. But a listener will honor and recognize the other person's dignity. Yeah, and they're going to accept and understand that they do not control somebody else, obviously, including the other person's thoughts and feelings, you know, and their level of self respect. And understanding versus control is key in listening. This is listening has nothing to do with control, or I guess even convincing or um, judgment or whatever. It's just it's just about listening. And part of that is realizing you don't control the other person. You're not allowing dignity. You're really respecting them and where they're coming from. When it comes to um, like, when it comes to parents and their kids on some level or even like even um, therapists and their clients that we have to trust the other person that we're listening to is able to make their own choices and that means they're also able to live with the consequences of those choices to me that's honoring their dignity is that you can make your own choices good or bad and i don't have control over that and it's, it's but i can listen and be here for you and be supportive of you but ultimately your choices are out of my control absolutely Number five, you are listening to me when you do not take my problem from me, but allow me to deal with it in my own way. So this is the same. I think it just branches off the last one. Trusting the other person as a listener, trusting the other person to do the right thing. And as hard as it can be to listen to someone and in, in your mind, you're like, no, that's a bad idea or that's not going to, you know, that's not going to, that's not going to land you anywhere good. A big part of that is just trusting the other person has the capability of making the right choice or doing the right thing and to allow them to do so or to allow them the freedom to make mistakes and learn from from it and letting go of control or letting go of your illusion of control because you don't have it to let go of in the first place. Number six, you are listening to me when you hold back the desire to give me good advice. Unless they ask for it, I suppose, if someone asks for advice, sure. Uh, listening to the experience and emotion of someone is not the same as solving their problem. So just listening is, it's like an emotional support. It's, it's validation. It's normalizing for the person. But that's not solving their problem. And giving advice is an attempt to solve the problem or is an attempt to impart wisdom, I guess, to solve the problem. We mentioned in the last episode about parents jumping in to solve problems when the kid's just trying to talk about how they feel. Parents always hear problems and they're always looking for something to solve. And that's how they address it. You have to be able to tolerate and hold the experiences of the other person without giving advice, without jumping in and trying to solve the problem, just being able to hear it and hold it. 
this is really at the heart of therapy, I think, joining with someone, holding it, and allowing them to work their way up the polyvagal ladder while you're also being a safe person, providing safety cues, being a co-regulator for them. But you don't have to be a therapist to hold space for another person. This doesn't require any special education or any, you know, license on the wall or, you know, special paper that some agency gives you saying that you're qualified. You, All you need to do is follow these tips that we're talking about now, these nine tips, and and really just be present with a person and hold that space for them and send those safe and social cues and co-regulate and it really is that simple. I want, I kind of wondered to myself if people complicate it, like they overcomplicate it a little bit because sitting and listening to a person is, is almost meditation came to mind right now. You know, when you meditate, you, you literally you sit and do nothing, but it's not doing nothing because what you're doing is you're sitting and really experiencing every sensation. And so it's the same with, listening it's a really simple thing all you have to do is it's sit very similar and hear the words and really process the words yeah you bring curiosity to it mm-hmm. just to meditation just like you and you treat hopefully yourself and your experiences like a friend like you would treat a friend like a friend you know listening to them and give them respect and curiosity and yeah i think there's a lot of similarities between listening to a friend and listening to yourself during meditation mm-hmm. number seven you're listening to me when you do not offer me religious solace when I am not ready for it or if they don't want it. Not everyone wants um, the religious viewpoint put into it, whatever that looks like. And I think in my opinion, human connection needs to happen first before the religious stuff is brought into it. Connect with the person who's right in front of you. Then the religious aspects can come into play. And this again goes back to my theme of the episode. I like having a theme. That your needs, it's the your needs versus their needs thing. If you're really, if your goal is really to sit and listen to this other person, then you're putting their needs before yours. And so if your need is to get on your religious soapbox, then you're not helping the other person that you intended to help. Number eight, you're listening to me when you give me enough room to discover for myself what is really going on. This is part of the whole um, the whole not controlling part of listening. It involves trust. Someone's able to work their way up the ladder and make their own discoveries and be able to trust that the other nervous system in front of you is capable of doing that. That they can discover for themselves what's really going on and that your part in that is to be a listening, supportive, understanding, normalizing, and validating co-regulator. Their thoughts will change along the way. So as they work their way up the polyvagal ladder, their thoughts will change along the way. So... Their thoughts about a specific situation might seem more like they're out to get, like if they're talking to you about what happened at work, that person thinks this way about me, they're out to get me, or they don't like me, or they're blah, blah, blah. But as you provide help, as you provide successful like co-regulation and listening, as they work their way up the ladder, those thoughts will change. And they'll probably end up saying, ah, well, that person probably had a bad day, or that's not about me. They're kind of weird, whatever it is. So their thoughts will change as they work their way up the ladder. If you give them enough room to discover for themselves what's really going on and be a safe co-regulator. This can be difficult to do, especially if you really care for the person. And I was thinking about this because there have been times where both in my personal life and professionally as a therapist, where I can I can kind of see like there's a discovery or a realization to be made that I can kind of see down the road but they're not quite there yet. 
but I care so much and I want to help so much that I want to get them there quicker, but, but I can't because they're not there yet. They have to, they have to walk down that path and get to that, um, not obstacle, but get to that, um, milestone at their own pace. And so I have a hard time with this. Yes. There's been, there's been a couple of, there's been a couple of coworkers. I think you're one of them who has been on the receiving end of this. I have, (laughs) I have such little patience when I detect when my ears perk up and I detect that someone's judging themselves, I have such little patience for it. And I will say right in the middle of their sentence, I'll say, why are you doing that? (laughs) And I believe you've received that. Absolutely. I've done that to a couple other coworkers. Multiple times. They're talking. <laughs> I'll say, "Why are you doing that?" And they go, "What?" And like, "Why are you judging yourself?" And I'll get really kind of confrontational about it. It's you like, get very I want to push assertive about it. It's I get very aggressive. Border, very assertive, borderline yeah. aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compassionate aggressive. I know. See, and that's exactly what that's exactly my point. And this is, I get very passionate about my compassion too and i just like i just want to get you there i just want to get you to the goal to the end zone to the you know i want to get you to where you want to be and i i I see how to get you there and i see what steps to take but getting back to what we're saying if if you're really listening you're going to let the person discover for themselves what needs to happen and you have to hold back on all of your wisdom and let them learn their own wisdom on their own. And I'm going to put an asterisk on there and invite you, Justin Sinceri, to always move me down that path whenever you see. Aggressively or by, or by. I appreciate any of your methods, Justin. Oh, okay. I like doing that. I like being aggressive with people (laughs) when it comes to judgment. (laughs) I appreciate it, you know, because it kind of like me, like me personally, it startles me into like, oh my gosh, he's right. Like I, (laughs) I can do this. I can get there. Whatever. Number nine. You are listening to me when you accept my gratitude by telling me how good it makes you feel to know that you have been helpful. This builds on last Mm -hmm. week's uh, finale. What was it? Number seven. Number seven. The finale of the list where, well, we talked about that. But basically, yeah, it's saying you're welcome to someone is great or you're very welcome or nada but this is the next level i often personally like when people reach out to me and give me thanks it's i feel super humbled uh very a lot of times i feel very encouraged like I, it makes me want to do it more um to do you know the podcast and whatnot i feel some relief or lots of other stuff that come along with the stories that people share with me so it's not just like you're welcome i feel i have a ton of feelings about it but i don't i don't really share those through dm through DM. Really. <laughs> well, I'm sharing it now. <laughs> there you go. It's very fulfilling. It's very, it's humbling to know that your words have touched and moved another person to such a depth where they want to change their lives or it motivates them to do better, feel better, you know, move forward. It It's extremely humbling and and fulfilling for me. To, to be able to do that, I, I love helping and I love, I love helping and I, I appreciate when other people feel that. I don't know if that makes sense. I just, I love to help people and it's nice to hear, not that I'm looking for the gratitude or that I'm looking for an expression of, thank you Mercedes, you're so awesome, but 
because I'm not, but it it is nice to hear that the the purpose of my job and the and the things that I'm doing with my life that I'm reaching that goal for myself and I am helping other people. It really That's is. nice to know. That's like our payment for the podcast. It is. And my, I feel like when I read those thank yous and positives, like one of the things that it feels like, cha-ching, I just got paid. Yes. It feels incredible. Those are your nine ways that you are listening. We've got a email. We have super an email here email. from a super fan. Morning, Justin Mercedes. I just wanted to drop in and say thank you for your fantastic podcast. It's been instrumental in the last few weeks since I found you in changing how I parent my kids and interact with my partner. It's also led me down the road of somatic healing and breath work, and I'm trying to learn more about these things. I started listening to you guys to learn how to help my nine-year-old OCD daughter move from flight to safe and social, specifically in school drop-offs, and have learned so much more and I have so much more compassion for her struggle when she drops down the ladder. I live in South Africa, and while $5 might not be a lot of money, or it might, I have no idea what $5 can buy, in my own currency, it's 14 times more as my country's economy sucks. I really believe in what the two of you are doing, and I'm trying to spread the polyvagal gospel wherever I go, and this way I can make a concrete contribution to this. Hope you have a lovely day, and thank you again for the valuable role you play in my life and the lives of my kids and husband, who doesn't get polyvagal theory, but seems to get that I'm trying harder to move up my ladder and help the kids move up theirs. Cheers, or as we say in my language of Afrikaans, Totsiens, I hope I said that right, which means till we see each other again. Sophie. Thank you, Sophie, for your email. That is absolutely incredible. It's stuff like this. It's stuff like this where I read this and I was like so humble. Like humbled was the word was like, like I felt it like just hit me hard. Like, ugh. Like right the, in my gut, like yeah. When I read about the five dollars and that she's donating five dollars to the podcast and and the website, I thought that was amazing because she's talking about how her currency is so much worse. And I was thinking, wow, this is a, really important to her that she's willing to spend this money on on supporting yeah. the podcast and the polyvagal stuff that we're doing. It, it's amazing, and it's like you said, it's so humbling, it's so fulfilling, it's so. I feel honored. I feel honored to be able to do this and I feel honored that there's people out there that find value in what we're doing. And thank you so much. It makes me want to like do even more yes, or better or make more. sure we're yes, doing it. Yes. I want to give her her money's worth. That's what I was thinking about is I, right. I want to make sure and give her and everybody who's supporting the podcast, give them really quality content and quality material to, to use and process in their lives because totally. is a cup of coffee or I don't know what it will get you in South Africa, but you know, you're using that to help us spread the word. So amazing. Announcements. Polyvagal podcast merch. That's short. That's short for merchandise. Merchandise. Now. Yes. Yeah. It's now available. Uh, We got mugs, travel coffee mugs, which I think I'll be getting notebooks, a couple of those and stickers. This, you'll, you'll be able to have our faces on your stuff. This is through Society6. There's a link in the description below. I want to have our faces on my stuff. <laughs> That's fun. I like the uh, the travel mug a lot. The, I always bring a coffee you know, travel mug to yeah. work. And that might uh, suit my purpose as well. Hmm. To hold my coffee. 
Oh, but the mug. I want. I want to hold the mug at home. And yeah, I'll probably get a few things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get them all. <laughs> I'm gonna get the whole, the whole line of merchandise. Link in description below. Yeah. Your homework assignment for this week is to ask clarifying questions when you need clarification, especially I think around the feelings that the other person is might be talking about. So if you need clarification, just say, hey, let me make, I want to make sure I understand. What did you mean by blank? Don't be afraid to clarify. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've learned some new ways to connect with others or even yourself. Bye. Bye. I'd like to be clear that I'm not trying to be distracted. I feel like this is a... I think you were asking clarifying questions. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. Okay. Moving on. <laughs>